Chapter Twelve of Irene Idisley. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chuck Williamson. Irene Idisley by Amanda McKittrick Ross. Chapter Twelve. Torture trifleth not it manifest in many instances the deserving censure imposed upon its stinging touch it acts like the poisonous fangs of the serpent unless extracted from its burning crypt of chastisement by hands of wily witchcraft so frightened did lady dunfern become lest the eye of the straggler might chance more than once to catch the meaning of marjorie's loitering about the grounds immediately below her window that she deemed it imperative to alter her arrangements and acquainting marjorie in the usual way appointed an hour that would almost defy matters to be made conspicuous this change made both of them more free to act and proved a decided success only some weeks elapsed since lady dunfern's first missive reached marjorie until word was forthcoming from oscar otwell her heart beat wildly with joy on reading the following slipped to her in the usual way hedley burks dearest lady dunfern you may well guess my gross astonishment on receipt of your long-looked-for note and the dire news it contained my heart bleeds for you and believe me no stone shall be left unturned until your release from that heathenish cell of woe shall be proclaimed often have i looked for an answer to my letters from you but alas in vain i began to be convinced that something must have driven your love for me into hate i am further surprised that my uncle who purchased dilworth estate and who permanently resides at the castle with his wife and daughters never alluded in any way in his letters to me to your retirement as it were from public life his answers to my many questions concerning you he entirely evaded and never having had an opportunity of a personal interview with him since i entered chitworth college i unfortunately have been debarred from rendering long since the aid you now seek your suggestion shall undoubtedly have my prompt attention and i'll now say no more until i rejoice in your freedom ever your loving oscar the mind of him who was in full possession of the facts regarding lady dunfern's present position became perfectly distracted and on entering college next morning after receiving her note was so overcome with grief as to cause grave alarm amongst the many students who benefited so much by his strenuous efforts to ensure success dr o'sullivan the eminent president of the college on seeing oscar 
whom he lately observed was laboring under some weight of sorrow in such a state of despair strongly advised a change of air at the same time kindly offering him a substitute for four weeks at the end of which time if he still found himself unable to resume his tuitions he would prolong his vacation by two weeks this was the very thing oscar wanted absence from duty and he gladly availed himself of the worthy president's generous offer how oscar quitted the college on receiving the news which liberated him not only for four weeks but forever how he sped along to his room in upper joy street and there wrote a few words to her who longed for his presence and aid wondering how the clever trick so ably concocted by lady dunfern would be accomplished or if attempted would succeed better leave it to her who had so well managed to even reach the length of liberty which marked her heroism already lady dunfern was busily engaged during her hours of uninterruption in marking notes with great caution and clearness on paper for marjorie's use and well guarded and guided must the steps be that should again lead her into the open field of freedom and health the heavy rain beat furiously against the darkened windows of lady dunfern's confined and much detested abode as rachel approached her with supper on the night of twenty fourth december as the next day brought many touching remembrances with it rachel this iron-willed attendant spoke in rather soothing strains to her whom more than once she tried to betray lady dunfern being so fully charged with thoughts edging on her flight remained in perfect indifference to all her cunning remarks never betraying the least outward symptom of the excitement that then raged so terribly within her she was resolved that no word of any description whatever should be conveyed to him who so eagerly awaited rachel's retracing footsteps outside the cell prompted strongly by sir john before entering rachel carried with her messages of a rather condoling character to be delivered to her ladyship in such pitiful phrases as to twist from her remarks for the use of him who feared that something dreadful was about to happen owing to a miserable dream he had only had a couple of nights before but lady dunfern was too watchful to allow even one word to escape her lips that might innocently convict her and steadfastly guarding against the tongue of the treacherous maiden remained in silence the evil intended rachel lingered about the room fully fifteen minutes thus affording lady dunfern every opportunity of saying something but all of no avail and angrily snatching up the large silver tray bounced out of the room banging the great door after her probably in order to frighten her mistress but not a nerve did the rude and audacious act disturb turning the light 
very low the confined woman slipped on tiptoe behind the defiant door and heard faint sounds proceed from the adjoining corridor the voices she well knew to be those of both her husband and rachel her heart sank somewhat at the discourse that followed rachel's recent visit lest it might be concerning either herself or marjorie or worse still she thought relative to her intended flight within five hours which she earnestly implored should not be prevented the voices however after a lengthy conversation suddenly ceased and gently moving to the fire she sat quietly down to heat her icy limbs that were almost benumbed with cold the thoughts which she allowed to disturb her anxious mind she found were very numerous the principal one being that of flight which she trusted strenuously should be fully accomplished within the time specified the first hour slipped in the second moved round too likewise the third and gazing in wild despair in the direction of her dainty jewelled watch which she kept suspended from a trivial hook above the mantelpiece of richly carved oak could scarcely refrain from tears the smallest hand of her little timekeeper could not fail to show that the hour of eleven had just been reached this was precisely the time all the household retired including sir john on whose part it was not a case of command but option on this particular night the staff of servants was not so fully represented as usual marjorie mason had not been amongst the number who sought sleep neither was it known by any one whether or not she was in her own room immediately adjoining marjorie's room was rachel hyde's both of which it was marjorie's duty always to keep in perfect order thus affording the great friend of lady dunfern a daily opportunity of viewing the drawer in which the great key of her ladyship's room was at rest it was a habit with rachel to sleep with her bedroom door ajar by order of her master lest a fire might originate during the hours of repose or burglars enter and carry with them some valuables of no slight worth or interest about ten o'clock an hour before marjorie's usual time to retire she ably feigned a very severe attack of indigestion and trying to look as dejected and sick as she could in consequence requested that she might be permitted to go to her own room for the night a request which rachel readily granted as marjorie and she always travelled by the express train of friendship rachel added that she would act in her stead by clearing her master's supper-table herself no sooner had rachel granted marjorie's request than she dashed up the many and winding steps of ascent until she reached the object of her premeditated scheme by boldly entering the housekeeper's room and taking therefrom the choicest 
treasure it contained namely the key which was so soon to prove the nature of the severe illness she so capitally assumed rachel on entering the room in which sir john sat was quickly asked where marjorie was and after satisfying him as to her illness she hastily removed the articles used at supper and repaired to rest when passing marjorie's door rachel tapped lightly and failing to gain admission called on her to admit her with a cup of hot milk still no reply came from within then slowly turning the handle she tried to admit herself without awaking marjorie feeling sure that she must be sound asleep it was only during her third attempt to seek entrance that she found the door locked moving into her little room she muttered something that did not distinctly reach the ear of her who so safely secreted underneath the housekeeper's bed divesting herself of her clothing rachel soon put herself in a position to guarantee slumber she wrapped herself well within the fleecy folds of nature and in less than ten minutes was safely sailing in the boat of dreamland marjorie for it was she who lay stretched under the bed of her who never at any time doubted her word or actions when fully convinced of rachel's safe retirement crept along the carpeted floor on hands and knees carrying with her the key to victory proudly and much agitated did marjorie steal her way along the many winding corridors of carpeted comfort until at last she came to the bottom of the ghost-like marble steps which led to her mistress and swiftly running up the icy heights until reaching the door of danger and bloodthirsty revenge she with the caution of a murderess thrust with great and exceptional care the key into its much-used opening and heroically succeeded in gaining admittance behind the door lay lady dunfern as if dead with great presence of mind marjorie locked the door from within struck a match and tried to light the lamp which had been extinguished not long before this with difficulty she nervously did then turning to her mistress whose changed countenance was a sight marjorie never forgot until her dying day she tried every effort to arouse her who so soon was likely to track the path of powerful pursuit it was fully some minutes until she saw the faintest glimpse of animation and gently raising the shadowy form in her strong arms used every means in her power to quickly prepare her for the most trying part of all at last marjorie's efforts were completely baffled and knowing it was approaching the time at which oscar was to be in readiness at the gate farthest away from the mansion that was seldom or never used the poor trembling girl had now enough to bear 
she believed the cup of sorrow had been drained to its last dregs still she hoped on never giving place to the remotest trace of doubt being fully assured of achieving the topmost tier of triumph lady dunfern had through pure fear of being caught in her adventure stood an hour or so behind the door before marjorie's welcome steps were heard and momentarily on hearing her trusted maid's nimble tread make such rapid strides toward her release was with overjoy so quickly stricken down at a time when twofold energy was most required that she utterly failed to regain the slightest strength and in this sad state her helper found her the moments were passing more quickly now than marjorie wished and bestowing one final look at her ladyship's watch so firmly clutched in her fingers was about to break down in despair when she was suddenly aroused by a dash of sandy pebble thrown against the window which unmistakably announced the arrival of him who so soon was to shield the shaken form of her once lovely mistress from the snares of jealousy and intrigue oscar who stood at the gate appointed was very uneasy no doubt as the hour slowly approached that should make him the recipient of the treasure he at first should have honestly secured and feeling lest the escape might be detected in time for rescue he was unable to remain any longer where he was mounting the iron gate he soon flung himself over its speary top and hurriedly making his way towards lady dunfern's window where he perceived the dim light he announced his arrival in the manner described wringing her hands in wild despair marjorie touchingly prayed for speedy release from such cruel torture and opening the door for the last time she carried her mistress into the corridor and there deposited her until again locking the giant block of oak then she lightly tripped down the ashen steps along the corridors until at last she reached the open door of rachel's room pausing for a moment lest the housekeeper might awaken she satisfied herself this was not so she then courageously entered and safely deposited the key in the exact spot whence she took it retracing in a wonderfully quiet manner her shaking footsteps until arriving to convey her precious charge to a place of safety clasping lady dunfern once more in her arms she crept down the chilly steps of fate along the well-padded paths of tapestry down numerous flights of wiry carpeted stairs until finally reaching the lofty hall where she paused for an instant being a complete example of exhaustion and dreading the least delay approached the door with safety she then deposited her ladyship on a lounge that lay right behind it 
until she secured the key from which previous observation she noted in case of emergency hung on a silver hook not eight feet distant with the air of a duchess marjorie dashed open the outer door at the left wing of the building and with her liberated load of love swept forever from its touch blowing faintly a whistle she bought for the purpose she soon was released of her charge by him who instantly appeared to shield them both from the breezy blast which bitterly swept that night o'er hill and dale taking lady dunfern in his arms oscar paced the broad and pebbled walks speedily arriving at the spot where stood a vehicle in readiness to convey them to their destiny not a word was spoken by oscar neither did lady dunfern betray the slightest symptoms of recovery until safely driven to the pretty home oscar had previously arranged for her rescue some twenty miles distant from dunfern mansion it was situated nearly in the centre of dilworth park and generously handed over to oscar as a conditional gift from his uncle the marquis of orland who owned its many acres marjorie's joy at this stage fully balanced her previous hours of sorrowful and dangerous adventure she could hardly refrain from tears as she viewed the weary night before through the telescope of trickery she seemed confident of having performed a great and good work by liberating from the pangs of emotional imprisonment the weak and forlorn who so soon would have been ordered to separate herself from a closet of chastisement to enter the home of joy everlasting which ever has its door of gladness open to the ring of the repentant and contrite after leaving lady dunfern in the careful charge of marjorie oscar proceeded to handsomely reward his uncle's coachman who drove them so quickly from dunfern mansion to audley hall requesting him at the same time to treat the matter with profound silence the rescued form now opened her eyes and suddenly a convulsive twitch shook her feeble frame casting her heavily laden orbs of blinded brilliancy around the cosy well-lighted room had not to be informed by any one what had happened she gasped thank heaven i'm safe oscar tenderly bidding lady dunfern good night instructed marjorie to carefully administer to her wants until daybreak End of chapter twelve